we're getting political today, boys. It's going to be a big one because we're talking about politics. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back again to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast, the number one podcast on your cigar channel wherever you like to listen. Uh, That said, my name is Bradley. I'm joined by a special guest today. His name is Brandon Voice Guy Luna, right across from me. Brandon, say hi to everybody. How you guys doing? Oh my goodness, that voice is just like it's like butter, dude. It's but it's it's a butter voice. It's just beautiful. It rolls off. You just want to spread it all over some toast and eat it. It's incredible. It really is. So that's probably one of the most uh, awkward things I ever said to you. But that, you know, with that said, it's it kind of works out. It kind of works out. <laughs> I like to think of it like a spicy butter, like <laughs> right? A, the spicy, but it's spicy butter. I like spicy butter. Uh, the Cut Light and Smoke podcast is brought to you by ZealCigars.com. ZealCigars.com. Dot com, your number one place to find McAuliffe Cigars online. So we're going to be talking a little bit about cigars today, and we're going to be talking about politics. The two things they say you should never talk about when it comes to when you're in a cigar lounge or around cigar people is politics and religion, right. my favorite topics. So we're going to be talking a little bit about politics because we just went through midterm election and everything else like that, or we're kind of in the middle of it still. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be talking about that, what we think about stuff like that. And I reveal on this podcast what I really think about the politicians that you and I vote for all next. So I, I just try to be like you. I can't <laughs> try to be all dramatic. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But we're talking about politics a little bit like that. So uh, hang in there because one of the things that uh, happens when you talk about politics is people get really, really offended and they get triggered and everything else like that. And they go a different direction and all that kind of stuff. And they, they just stop. So, but we're going to be talking about that a little bit today because I think it's important that, you know, we, we talk about things that are on our hearts and our, our heads. So we'll talk about that today and we'll talk a little bit about McAuliffe cigars. So uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is McAuliffe cigars. Brandon is uh, the McAuliffe rep here in the uh, Arizona territory. And uh, he actually lives in Dallas, Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth. So he's a Texas boy. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, Texas is the greatest country on earth. So everybody out in the great country <laughs> of Texas, you know, that's, that's the thing about Texas, man. Everyone, everyone in Texas loves Texas and everybody in Texas essentially believes it's the greatest country on earth. And there's a couple things about Texas that are interesting. You are allowed. Texas is allowed to fly its flag at the same level of the American flag. Every other state below. Right. Yeah. Pretty yeah. arrogant, right? Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But we're huge. Look at Texas. You, Gigantic. You, it is. It is. It could. I mean, and they also have this this clause in their state constitution, if I'm correct, that they can break off from the uh, from the United States to be self sufficient if they need to. Yeah. There's always yeah. talk of secession over there. Yeah, yeah. I know. I the, you get the you get the hardcore Texans who are like, we don't need anybody. You know. You know when you have a guy that fl- that flies the Texas flag on his truck, that's a guy you know. He's oh. number one. He's a doomsday prepper. Right. And he's right. ready to secede. You know. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's so great. I imagine in Texas, like doomsday preppers are pretty much like just a dime a dozen. They all, they oh. all, they're, they're like all over the place, and they're just you know, because I know people, people from California moved to three different states when they moved from California. The great exodus of, of California for the last five years: Texas, Arizona, and then some. Someone said Nevada. Yeah, is it Nevada? Was it Reno? I can't remember where it was. Um, Utah, sorry, Utah, Utah. Utah that's where right. it was. The, those three states had the biggest influx, if you would. So, but it's funny. All the Californians didn't go to New York. They didn't go to you know Colorado. They didn't go to and some did obviously, but you know the great majority went to these other you know more free quote unquote states, less tax oriented, right? Uh, and, and everything else. Oh, is oh, that, that your phone? Oh no, oh, it's your phone. Okay, oh no, bro. that's like a sin. That, that's that's okay. like a that's, that's okay. a radio sin, right? We're there. keeping it real. We're keeping it real here. Yep. So. Well, there's a there's a couple things on the on the docket here. We're going to talk about. We are going to talk about you know politics and everything else like that. Um, I came in and I cannot walk very well. I actually have to have knee replacement surgery. So, ouch. Brandon can actually verify the fact that I was hobbling all over the store with crutches. Yep. And so, uh, if there's ever a time that you didn't like anything I said and want to come take me out, uh, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity because <laughs> you hit me in my knee, I'm going down. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I went to the doc today. Told me basically, hey, you're gonna have to get total knee replacement. So, uh, if you've had that, do me a favor, email me your worst horror story so I can get prepared for what I have to go through. Email me at Cut Light Smoke Podcast, all one word, Cut Light Smoke Podcast at gmail.com, as well as anything that you hear today that you think uh, is very controversial and you want to leave a question, comment, or even insult, you know, because I'm not the smart, smartest lie, smart, I'm not the smartest guy in the world or the brightest lie on the Christmas tree, but uh, I think I know a little something, and I think the two of us together are going to get into some fun stuff. So let's, absolutely, first, absolutely. let's go into McAuliffe, because McAuliffe uh, cigars, they're incredible. We're smoking the Herencia today, uh, a different size. I've never smoked this size in particular, and it's from a pack, 
Yeah, right. You guys have out like a limited edition, you know, white box, beautiful, mm-hmm. ornate. Um, and, 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 you know, your, your big boss, Al McAuliffe, is the, uh, the, the coup de gras billionaire in the industry. There's no other billionaire in the cigar industry. I don't know anybody else is a billionaire. Am I right about that? That might be might be close to right, yeah. There yeah. might be, well, maybe um, Mr. La Polina. I don't know, you know. Oh, is he a billionaire? Maybe I think he probably is. He yeah. probably is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just heard I, he has a lot of money. I think so. if we put La Polina and McAuliffe in a cage match, Al would just take him. I'm just telling you to right right now. Well, oh, yeah, he'd pay somebody to handle yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> they both hire. They both hire guys. They're like, yeah. okay, my money can get get better guys. So that, that'd be great. That'd be great. So, uh, <laughs> that's a great. That's just a great visual right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Settle but, this in the ring of uh, fire. Right. 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 Uh, so, so McAuliffe, uh released that. Uh, that's really cool, especially for the holidays. And you're doing away with a line of your cigars. We so, are. Yeah. So, so tell me about that. Tell me about that. Okay. So I'll tell you about both. Okay. Uh, first off, this was for, um, Al's 80th birthday. He okay. likes the smaller ring gauges. So we did this. This okay. is basically a, uh, Corona size and all of the, the regular legacy lineup. So you have the Riata, the Magdalia, the Connecticut, the Herencia in both the Connecticut and the Maduro. So you got the uh, Herencia in both the Habano and the Maduro. You've got the Magdalia, the Leyenda and the Reserva. And uh, there's a bunch of those cigars in there. Like the Reserva is a $42 cigar. You're getting a Corona in that. And it's great in that size. So okay. you're getting six to 18 cigars in that. Okay. Um, and it's moderately priced. And it's just a good way to try the lineup. And also, you know, we have that passport program. So if you have the passport program book, then you can, you know, basically turn in a completed passport. We're mostly completed passport, you know, by just getting that box and smoking those. Mm-hmm. So you could win. $50 gift card to your favorite shop, oh. which is, you know, Zeal Cigars. Oh, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, yeah so that's cool. And um, the Grande Bold thing is, you know, we we had a contract with someone to to make those for us. We're trying to go in-house 100%. Okay. Sure, and sure, contract's sure. up. We're just going to, you know, bring those in-house. And, right on. You know, it's not going to be an overnight thing. You know, some of those blends might come back. Some of them might. Not. We don't know yet. Um, but, you know, we do have a lot of new stuff coming out next year. So we're going to try and basically – work with our retailers, work with the consumers to move them towards other stuff that we're making and away from those. Um, it's just a way for us to grow the right way and right. grow with factory instead of yes. growing through somebody else. So. Yeah, that's a big thing too. And when you can be vertically integrated, that's mm-hmm. a much easier route than having to depend on somebody else to you know roll and put right. them together Especially for you. Especially so. in the post-COVID world when right. you know, things change and boxes and bands and all right. these other things right. and you're having to deal with all that BS. You know, yeah. keep, it, keep it at your level where you can control it. It's a better situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yep. And I, I'm, I'm super excited because Macau cigars are some of the best cigars that we have in our shop. And I'll tell you this much. it's My, my favorite is your Nicaragua. Yeah, my favorite is your Nicaragua, and that's coming back. Your bold, your bold Nicaragua is coming back. I would hope so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about that, and uh, and thrilled about that. What's that? What is that a know. ring or something? No. I don't know what that is. It came off with the, one of the mics, and it's like a cog. I don't yeah. know. It reminds me of I, Gears of War. I broke something. Yeah, yeah, Gears of War. So you gamers out there, we're playing Gears of War as we're talking right now. But right. I don't know that I have a chainsaw gun, but I want one. That's uh, a beautiful <laughs> thing. I'm surprised that's not out yet. I'm surprised the military wasn't like, hmm. Yeah, we should totally make those. For, yeah, everything's automated for now, real. dude. The military, everything's yeah. super autom- automated, and drones and everything else like that. Guys go out there and stuff. I mean, it's 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 kind of a, a crazy thing. So, gone are the days, you know, where guys have to be on the front line, which is good, you know. I think, and yeah, very good. But it's uh, I'm worried about AI taking over sooner or later. So that's that's just my personal conspiracy theory. So we'll, if we'll, a, if if Elon Musk opens a company called Skynet, we should all worry at that part. Yeah. That would be super, super concerning. But, but Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk, uh, like many others, have been uh, demonized uh, in the last couple, uh, yeah, the last whole- couple years, particularly for being more centrist or maybe even leaning right. So, uh, that's a good, that, that's a great segue by nature. Of the fact that we want to talk about politics today a little bit, and uh, we just had midterm elections, and uh, what was predicted as a red, a red wave you know, of Republicans taking over uh, necessarily didn't happen. Right. You know, or it's still being counted or we, we don't know and so on and so forth. So two questions. Um, you know, why do you think there was such a strong prediction for that? That's that's the first thing, okay? Um, and why do you think it didn't happen the way that the Republicans said it would happen that way? So what's your what's your thoughts on that? So I think the the prediction that it would happen was very media-driven. Because we are a media-driven society now, whether it be social media, whatever. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what the media wants. So they're pushing that on the public to, hey, this is what needs to happen for things to change, right? Uh And I think that people, by and large, 
kind of lazy, right? Mm-hmm. So if you vote a certain way, you're still going to vote a certain way. What what do most people do when they walk into that ballot? They pick the the side they're on, they vote down, that's it. You right, know, they push right. a button and they're out of there. Right, right. So I think the perception of what needs to be done versus what's actually being done is always going to be two different things. Okay, um, okay. And I think a lot of people are fed up with the media. Right. So I right. think a lot of people on are both tuning sides. out. Yeah, on, on both sides. On both yeah. sides. It's Absolutely. Fun- it's funny. Some of my some of my uh, some of my Democrat friends. I tend I tend to lean a little more right, but I, some of my Democrat friends are. They'll say things like, "I don't trust anything I hear on this network. I don't trust anything I hear on any network. I don't trust anything on social media. If I see a Facebook po- post, I don't." I fact check the fact check. You know. So I mean, right. it's, it, it's it, these are terms that now today. Uh, never existed 10, 15 years ago. You know, we talk about fact checking and everything else like that. Maybe, you know, we remember we had the old uh, snoops.com, you know, Mm -hmm. website back in the day. And, you know, and even that became, you know, somewhat subjective. So as a result, it's, it's really difficult to know, you know, what somebody really thinks about something, whether, whatever politician you're voting for on everything, because they'll tell you one thing, but when they get in office, the policy looks a little different. Right. You know, so do you think here's my question for you on this. Do you think that that's by and large with politics across the board, red and blue, that, you know, I say what you want to hear. And then when I get inside, I got to do what I got to do. And I got to I got to I got to placate to lobbyists. I got to placate to all these other people and everything else like that. Do you think that's by and large across the uh, across the board? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So when 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 they when they essentially you know, platform on something, but then they get in there and do something else. Do you think that happens often? I think it's a hundred percent happening often. Cause you know, what it boils down to with uh, politicians is they're, they're legacy building, right? Yeah. So they're going to tell you what you want to hear to get in there. And then what happens every single time they fire a bunch of people, they bring their own people in, they have their own agendas, they do what they want to do. Yeah. And that's just the way it is, unfortunately. Uh, and the mass majority of people assume that they have our best interest in heart, but let's be honest, they have, their best interest heart for them and theirs. And that's what it's about, you know? So let me ask you, just fire off some questions. Who do you think is going to be the Republican candidate in 2024? Who do you think is going to be the Democrat candidate in 2024? I have no idea. And I don't know that I really care (laughs) because it's not going to make a difference. Okay. Okay. You know, so, so let me ask you this. So, so that mindset, like it, it doesn't matter who I vote for. The country's still going to go, you know, to hell in a handbag or to um, prosperity and everything else. So because I, I, I would say that a lot of people thought the same thing with, with the Biden administration. It's just, we're all going to continue to run and everything else like that. But things did happen. I mean, we got massive inflation. Right. We got I mean, inflation was never at nine. It was at nine point one percent in June. Um, there was so many different. I mean, it's coming down now. I think we're at seven point seven percent inflation. Um, loans are more expensive. It's more expensive for money now. There's there's so many different things. Uh, shut down the pipeline. Wants to shut down coal mines as well. Right. Uh, so a- as opposed to you know having a Republican candidate in there that said that's not something we're going to do. We're going to still use fossil fuels. We have enough for two thousand years if you would. So we're going to continue to 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 do this and maybe wean off a little more, less dramatic right. if you would. So so the. Did you think the same thing when when the Biden administration got in that it was going to be you know par for the course, or did you have you know hope, or did you have you know I didn't think it was going to be like this. I mean, what were your thoughts? I, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I I thought there was going to be some things that were going to change for the better, but I also knew that some things were going to change for the worse, just by the nature of the the way that those two you know politicals yeah spectrums are. Um, so what did you think would change for the better? I, I was hoping that the, you know, that the economy would be a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that they would, you know, not push some of the things that they pushed. But, mm-hmm. and honestly, I thought, you know, this guy's pretty old. He's probably not going to do a whole lot. So it might be status quo. You right. Know? But right. It, I think a lot of what happens when you get a politician in there is it's not only the politician, it's everybody that goes in with him that has his ear, you know, so there's going to be a lot of um, different special interest groups that are going to push for what they want mm-hmm. and they're going to, you know, take the money and run, you know, right, um, right. government the presidents aren't supposed to make profit from presidency. It's happened for years. It yeah. has, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they always, they always want to push things towards their businesses because they all have businesses when they get in there and say, okay, so this is going to happen. And the reason we're going to do this is because I have companies that are going to benefit from this. And when I get out, I will be rich, you know? Oh Yeah. So, uh, well, Biden, last time I checked, Biden was worth about $173 million. Right. You know, so if if that's a if that's a concern, you know, and I mean, and Trump was worth billions. We know mm-hmm. we don't know how many how much exactly. 
Um, but you know, in in that regard, you have guys who are already wealthy taking more of a humble, you know, um, public servant, you know, uh, area. So when it when it comes to, to to what you think did get better, what do you think did get better? You know, under the current administration on that, if there's anything, you know, because your face kind of goes, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know anything yeah. got better. Yeah. I really don't. You yeah. Know, do you? Yeah. Is there anything you think got better? Um, I'm a fair cat. I, I am. I am a fair cat. So um, I, I, you know, if 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 somebody I voted for didn't get in, I typically go, well, you know what, he's here, and I I, I support the office. You know, I believe in a, in a uh, free republic and a democracy. I, I believe that. Uh, so I will, you know, I'll support the office, you know, even if I don't like the candidate, if right. you would. So, um, so uh, as much as it irks me, um, there are there are certain things that I think he he did address better. For example, I don't think he is the mouthpiece, if you would, that maybe Trump was, right. you know, if you would, uh, and that's that's saying somebody that voted for him, you know. Mm-hmm. So I voted for Trump. Um, the 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 interesting thing about this is, you know, you, you trade off that for the policies. It was interesting when I voted for Trump, I didn't vote for the person at all. Uh, I voted for the, the the policies that would come and the people that surround him and and everything else like that. So, um, because he's 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 just he's a wild cat, man. He, yeah, he's just he's a he's a loose cannon and everything else like that. And I think that's I think that's what endears him to people. To be quite frank, you right? It's what endears him to people because he's, he doesn't give a crap. You know, and one of the one of the hardest things Justin said this I thought was really interesting. He says one of the things that that I, that I think is great about Trump is one of the things that I, that I worry about Trump is he's never had to answer to anybody, right? And now he has to answer to the American people, and you know with the tweets and everything else like that. And you know it's it's just you're you're just come on man, don't don't say that. You know don't don't you know you can't. It's so he's so polarizing, and I think Biden can be polarizing in a different way because the policies really do affect everybody. Right. You know, and, and we've e- seen that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, you know, liberal conservative are, are both saying, man, this is, this is something else. This is, this is, this is great. You got people flopping all over the place. If you would, um, you don't, I don't see, and I, I don't know if it's not reported, you know, cause I, I, I do watch both. I watch CNN and Fox, two big boys, if you would, mm-hmm. on both, both sides of the, of the, uh, of the aisle. And, uh, you, I don't see a lot of Republicans going to the Democrat side. And when I see reported is Democrats are losing people, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious on that. I'm curious if, if they're losing people predicated on the, uh, the economy predicated on the restrictions predicated on the future of what they see and how the economy has dipped so severely, you know? Right, so it's right. not a matter of like, we're heading to a recession. We're in it. You know, we're, we're, I don't know if we're in the thick, thick of it, you know, but I know that we're on the, on the downward spiral right now. And I don't know how much of that can be curved up, you know, and, and what amount of time it's going to be curved up. But I think everyone's banking on the 2024 election of it being curved up, right. you know, uh, on that. And so, and there are things that, um, but that gives us, you know, 2023 to, to suffer really. Right. You know, right. And it's going to, I think, 2023 is going to be worse than than this year. I think it's going to things are going to get bad, which which, which is really difficult, man. Um, because there's small businesses that suffer. There's you know, and they're the bread and butter of the country. Um, and it's it, and we're a small business, so you know we definitely have suffered. You know through through the past um, couple, you know, past year in particular. Right. And uh, and, and I know that I know that the economy checks cigars in a different way, meaning because cigars are a luxury not a necessity right and when necessities go up in price like crazy and then luxuries go up in price you have to make decisions and choices on gas tanks or cigars right you know and you're gonna you're gonna choose your gas tank because it gets you to work your cigar is what maybe chills you out a little bit after work you know so uh i know the the in totality the cigar industry uh is down predicated i mean way down from covid right you know, covid we had a boom you know and it was crazy but as far as like the you know the average you know average cigar you know, website or retailer, you know, they're down a little bit from, you know, from last year, you know, in particular. So uh, I don't know how much politics has to do with that outside of, you know, just the, um, the economy in particular. And I guess one, one of my questions was, let's say Trump was reelected and the conservative stayed in power, mm-hmm. you know, in that, do you think the economy would be where it is now? No, you don't. Okay. No, I don't. Why? 
um, because I think they were on a trajectory to, to fix a lot of those things. Okay. And when you get the new guys in there, what did they do? They just, you know, basically t- turned all those spigots off and did their own thing, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem with the two party system is that if you've got a system that runs, you know, one party can run eight years, you're going to see real change. But mm-hmm. if it's four years and then you go to the other guys, everything that they've started that they really kind of started to get into place is going to get dismantled and they're going to have a new system. So yeah, yeah. I think that's a big issue. And, and also I, I really not a big fan of how they, they remove a lot of people and put their own people in and it just becomes this big giant mess. You know, it's, it's too many chiefs, not enough Indians, you know? So, yeah, that's a good point, man. When that happens, um, it, it's, it, it, destabilizes a lot of things programs or what have you that were you know were working you know if they were working you know so you got to give credit when credit's due when something's working and people are being taken care of and you know all of a sudden you get so many different you know new people in there and they're just they're they're scrapping old programs what have you uh maybe some of that needs to be done but we we know it doesn't build a lot of confidence right you know from the american people you know in particular on that so it's a good the bigger part of i think the problem right now is that you know Thinking about when we were growing up, right? Yes, um, yeah. You know, the the media was more in check. The the oh, media yeah. didn't drive the news; news drove the media. Right. And I think right. what we're seeing now is that media is driving the news. The narrative is based on what they want to tell us, not based on the facts at hand. We're in a land now where retractions don't exist, and they happen so infrequently that when they do happen, it's not told because. That's not news. Well, we were wrong. We'll bury that. We're going to talk about this now. You know. Yeah, you you make a good point because there's 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 things that when when certain people are in power, uh, there's there's news things that were happening, and then all of a sudden that politician, um, that politician's party is not in power, and so the investigation into them. I'm thinking the Hillary emails. You know things like that. Uh, they're not they're, they're What happened with that? What happened with uh, with Epstein? Right. What happened with, you know, the, I mean, this was big news, you know, and everybody was reported on it. But now it's like we just put this on the back burner and let's focus on, you know, elections the, and everything like that. And you know, I'm yeah. like, well, what happened to the dude who was a, you know, pedophile and, you know, had an island and, you know, everyone said it was a conspiracy theory until all of a sudden it wasn't, you know, and right. you're like, oh, holy crap, what, what in the world's going on here? It's like the you know, the inmates are running the asylum. And and I, I think that's one of the frustrations with the American people is there's new cycles that break and it seems that we're going to get some answers and we never do. Right. Like Epstein's girlfriend or, or wife or whoever she was, you know, um, she had a list of people. Where'd that list go? That right. probably included politicians on both the right and the left. And I think people on both the right and the left would like to know who those people are and why they were never exposed you know, where's she at now? What, right. What's going on now? You know, at that point, why, why aren't we hearing about that? She's in custody and she's in jail somewhere. Why, why don't we know where and so on and so forth? I mean, obviously she would be killed, you know, at that point because powerful people can, you know, quote unquote, suicide people real quick, you know, right, yeah. and uh, it, it doesn't make sense, you know. So, so what is the root of all evil? Uh, the love of money. Right. And I think that plays yeah. a large part in why we see these stories go away. And this has happened for centuries. I mean, right. you can go back it has. to it has. the old days of, you know, Count uh, Countess Blood, where, you know, she was a royal, she was a, a baroness that mm-hmm. was murdering 600 people in her own castle. And, you know, the church was like out in her and stuff. And she made a large donation to the church. And all of a sudden, it's not a story anymore. You know, this has happened over and over again. The 1% controls what the narrative is. So let me let me ask this for you because this is this is going to go down a road that I love going down with you, like the conspiracy theories. I just love this, mm-hmm. um, just just by nature of the fact that, I mean, one I don't like the conspiracy theory road simply because uh, it's been demonized by one party as like you're just a conspiracy theorist or you're a domestic terrorist, you know, something like that, which is unfair. And it really is because when you have questions about something, you know, and somebody doesn't agree with why you're questioning something, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, you know, on either side. I mean, some, what if Trump and QAnon, what about that? What is that? That's a conspiracy right. theory. You know, what What about all the, you know, the the, the pedophiles and the, the rapists in Hollywood, all the conspiracy theory and all this kind of stuff. So my question still becomes like, this stuff needs to be investigated, but because people are so rich and powerful, you know, it's not, right. you know, and, and I wonder you know, who's, who's crying, who's the voice crying out in the wilderness? Who's the one person, you know, saying, look, I'm not going to play this, this game with these people. You know, I just want to expose them for who they are. And then that, that person disappears. Right. And it's happened with multiple people. It really, really has. And Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, this is crazy. 
you know, it really is crazy. It, I mean, it actually is crazy. And, and the thing is, though, again, it's media driving the story. You know, who owns the media? I mean, there's a lot of people that have money in that. There's a lot of people that, that own Fox News and CNN and all this stuff, and they're people with a lot of money. So, Well, the, the, fa- the fact that the government does suppl- supplement the media through different factions and that we know that, that that to be true, don't you think it's a conflict of inf- interest either way? 100%, yeah, 100%. So it absolutely is a conflict of interest, but it's what we deal with. And you talked about who's who's telling the truth now. And I think we are. You know, podcasters have come a long way. Yes. To, they're the guys now that do the investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have 60 Minutes and all these shows that you used to have back then, you know, that were doing right. all these these hard stories, deeper dives on things. It's really podcasters. Absolutely. I, and, it's, and not to put myself up there with guys like Rogan or anybody else like that, but those are guys who, you know where at one point people would consider hard left and now they're more centrist. If you would multiple, I mean like Rogan and Bill Maher, they're centrist. They make fun of their, you know, their old, old, old party, you know, if you would. So, um, but so, so how much so I, I get that. And I, and I, I appreciate the compliment that podcasters are kind of the true journalists and everything. I would call myself a journalist in the least, but, uh, I, I think I talk, I try to talk honestly about it, you know, as where, you don't see a lot of guys being honest about how they, they feel because they're bought or they're paid for. Right. You know, we're not, we're not bought or paid for, and I answer to nobody, you know, ex, ex, at all. And so a, as a result, when it comes to um, giving my opinion about something, I feel very free to do so. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about somebody coming down and, and saying, you know, hey, you can't say that on air, you can't do that on air, and so on and so forth. And it seems like both sides, you know, whether you're at Fox or CNN, there's things you can say and things you can't say. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you you always have to demonize the other party, which I think is very, very, very like off-putting to American society right now. You know, where I'm, I'm not sitting here demonizing the Democrat Party or the Republican Party. Yes, I think there's, there's problems on both sides, to be quite frank. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But I, I do think that that's one of those things that we're kind of like, okay, how does this how does this work out, and, and what are we going to do? So, do you think the future of American politics are um, stable, unstable, or so far up in the air, I'll never come back down. I think it's going to stabilize in the next couple of years, and here's why. Um, I think that the younger generation, and this is what we're not even really talking about. Um, okay. The younger okay. generation is voting. They yes. are out there voting. 100%. But they don't vote Democrat or Republican. They vote on topics that are important to them. Right. It's more so the issues. Yeah. They are voting on those issues. They are the ones that go into the ballots and pick this guy because of that issue and that guy because of that issue. Mm -hmm. So we're getting much better educated voters who are into the process, who are into making sure that things go the right direction. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people that say, oh, the millennials are stupid. They don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think they do know what they're doing and they're going to be the ones that guide how things go politically. Now there's going to be a lot of pushback. You know, there is, there's going to be pushback on both sides because they're going to want to still have that same voter that just checks one box and it's done, you know, um, but I think in the next five to six, ten years, you're going to see a shift in how people vote. And I think you already are. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point there that the younger generation is voting. Um, so I had a conversation with my son because we talked about voting as his first year to vote. And, and uh, he, he, he said, Dad, I don't want to get political, but I want to hear your thoughts on this, which is interesting to say. I don't, I don't want to get political, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. And they were all issues. They were right. all the issues. They weren't the person, you know, because he asked me, he says, what do you think about Trump, Dad? And I said, well, I, I vote for policies. I don't vote for the man. So I am, I, I think that the Gen X generation, the millennial generation, maybe even Gen Z are more connected to that than they are more party. Because I would say I vote I vote policy versus versus party. I really will. There's, there's been Democrats I voted for as well. And so I think that's important to go, you know, here's my policy that I agree with. And there's, a, there's a couple things in, in my in my wheelhouse that I just won't, I, for, for matter of conscience, I can't get past, you know, with candidates. There, there just are, you know, and and it's not always economy. It's not always economy. Like I can see a guy that's not a not a not a not not a great economist and have a great, you know, economist, but he's got a moral issue here that that he's very very passionate about that I'm very much against, and I can't necessarily get behind that, you know, because I'm, I'm I think I'll be accountable for that one day, and I don't want to be, you know, in that sense. I think some people. Um, particularly on on both parties, I'd say, I'd say both parties, they're moralizing different issues 
uh, that don't need to be moralized. And then they're not moralizing things like that should be moralized. Meaning, so the economy can be a moral issue. It can be like how we get the money and where the money goes and everything else like that. For example, um, I have no problem. I have no problem with uh, uh, the government determining where uh, where my tax money goes as long as I have a say in where it goes and I vote on the candidate to where that goes. When they choose to put my tax money wherever they want to put it without representation, I think that's the problem I have more than anything. And that does happen quite quite a few times. You know, hey, we're going to allocate tax money for this purpose. And I'm like, I'm morally against that purpose. Mm. You know, I, I'm morally against that purpose or I'm financially against that purpose. You right. know, and, and it works it works both ways, you know. So uh, what's what's fascinating is, you know, I'm a I'm a pro military guy, but I'm not a pro sticking my nose into everybody's business guy. Right. I'm not. I, I don't I don't want to have our military spread out so far around the world we can't defend our own borders. You know, things like that. Those are those are important things. Well, the the government takes your tax money and uses it for military things and everything like that. I think there should be some kind of system in there that our representative, our our Democrat, our representatives can hear from us and they can hear from us. We, we know that, but some system to where there can be an account for what's spent because when they release things like that, they release the, the documentation of that and they should, and sometimes they don't right. and they hide numbers and we, and we see things like, you know, we see where they're hiding numbers, they're hiding money, and we're going, and, and insider trading has been a big thing in Washington forever. Right. It, it happened in the Reagan administration, you know? So, I mean, with Ollie North and everything else, I mean, it's it's a it's a weird, weird thing that, like, this isn't new for Gen Xers. I mean, we're the, we're the older cats now. I mean, we're 40-something, 50-something. And, uh, you know, we're seeing how much politics really does affect us because we could buy more groceries. We could fill up with gas less. We had more, you know, uh, we could spend more money on, on the luxurious items that we wanted now. You know, you're not buying a box of cigar. You're buying five packs and ten packs. You know, you can't necessarily buy a box because if it, if it comes down to the blue collar guys and what they're going to decide, you know, like I fill up my truck, man. Like I fill up my truck. I can't I can't buy a box of cigars right now. I can get ten of them, and maybe they're smoking every night out by the bonfire. They're doing Monday and Friday, or you know, Wednesday and Friday, or Thursday and Friday, and you know, and having to decide things like that, which is real is really for the average American that wants to do what they want to do. That's a hindrance. It is. It, yeah. it makes people angry. They go, okay, I, I can't do that now. I can't, I mean, I have to decide on things like that. Not to mention, I, this is this is where it hit me, that a, a guy knows pays child support, and he had a little bit left over for cigars, and he's like, I, I'm just letting you know, man. And he, I, I see him in here, and he comes in, and he can't buy as much, you know, and so he, he can't buy what he wanted. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's a it's what we have to we have to deal with right now with with the administration. I'm like, I I he's like, I understand it and everything like that. So I'm not I'm I'm split on this one. And I'm split because of my faith, and I'll tell you why. As much as I respect the freedom to say, let's go, Brandon, um <laughs> uh, you know That one hurt me, by the way. <laughs> I, I know I know <laughs> name's Brandon. Uh, you know, it just re- disrespects the office in a way that you right. d- that's so vile that like it's just not classy and i see that but i see i understand the anger behind it yeah. i understand the frustration behind it i understand it and, and, I, and i've even said it you know hear people say it in jest and so on and so forth and i'm like i i get it man but remember we're gonna have somebody up there again you know and you got to figure out something something else so i think that's the and, that's and the hard part behind it you know there's there's a lack of trust though in the way that we do things look at how policies are put together how many times have you seen bills go through or try to go through where it seems like it's about one thing? Oh, we're going to raise money for the kids, but then buried into that bill somewhere is like, but we're going to do it by charging more tax on tobacco and cigarettes and, you know, getting rid of vape and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. Like there's so many shady little ways that politicians well, do stuff. Well, not to mention like in a, in a, in a, in a new policy being passed, you know, a, a, a debt relief or whatever else relief or, you know, one of those bills or something like that. There's so much fat in there where we're giving billions away to other people. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, we, we have, we've got issues here. You know, what, what's going on with that? And, and that just shows you how much we're not politicians. We don't, we don't work with other countries. We don't work with other people or, you know, I'm, and, and if you say things like, I'm really concerned about our country, you're called a nationalist, a right. white. And if you're white, you're a white nationalist all of a sudden. And it, Domestic terrorist. Oh, and a conspiracy theorist. And that's where I think people get angry. You're like, I'm not any of those things, yeah. but I am concerned. And because I'm concerned, you go ahead and demonize me about that. 
And yeah. that answer my question. And that's where people finally just get fed up. And you're like, okay, well, screw it then, man. Okay, let's go, Brandon. Okay, let's do it. You know, so then you see that that's that's the contingency that I see right there. And I even see it on the other side, man. I see guys come in here and talk in our lounge about stuff, and they're just like, like, yeah, dude, I regret. I regret, man, doing this. I regret where, where our country is. I thought this was going to be – I thought progress, progressive did not mean woke. You know, right. and, and it was, what's fascinating is it woke was such a big thing two years ago, three years or four years ago, if you would. Mm. Uh, and now even the wokers are like, yeah, it's kind of silly. You know, right. like it was trendy. It was trendy to do that. And now it's kind of silly. And everybody knows it's kind of silly. And everybody, all talk shows and everybody else like that, you know, are saying it, it's kind of silly. It's right. kind of silly, guys. Get, get over yourselves already. You know, so do you think that, that, that there will be another wave of like that kind of triggering, that kind of wokeness, if you would, prior to the 2024 election? I think, yeah, 100%. And, I, you know, I saw uh, on Good Morning America today. Okay. They had Emily Blunt on there talking about her new series on Netflix where it's like a Western and there's a Native American in the in a lead with her. And they mm -hmm. made a big deal about it. Like, oh, wow, Native Americans got this lead in this movie. And, you know, in the past that would have been played by a white guy dressed as a Native American. I'm like, <laughs> that just tells you how backwards Hollywood still is. Yeah. And the fact that... Why is that still something we're talking about? Like that right. should have been right. the '60s and the '70s should have been when that happened, and people are still well, talking about why. Oh, women empowered and all. Like, yeah, okay, give, whatever they earn that, you know. Yeah. But why is it an issue? Why are we still talking about that? I think because it draws it draws drama and it draws division, and I think that's one of the, one of the main things that that Hollywood tries to do is create drama, create division, create things like this where people are end up going, you know. Yeah, that yeah, I never thought about that before. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're racist. We are racist. Let's get this down. Oh, we're really racist. That's what we are. And you're like, I was I'm not racist. I, are you kidding me? You know, yeah. and people are like, well then you start thinking when you hear when you when you're just inundating yourself with a lot of information, you start thinking and if you believe Hollywood and you believe all that kind of stuff, you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm 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 racist and I need to do something about it because everybody wants to be liked. Okay. So people don't know any better, like, Well, I gotta I gotta, you know, uh, virtue signal something. You know, I gotta virtue signal somebody. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yes, yes, I agree with that. And then you see a, a ton of people virtue signaling things, and everyone else is like, what's virtue signaling? I don't understand what that means. What are you talking about? I'm not racist. I don't think that's a big deal, you know, but that that's the thing that happens continually is that when you disagree with somebody, you attack their character, mm -hmm. not the content of what they're talking about. Right. You know, and that's why debate is gone. There's no debate. That's why there's no debates at all. Nobody wants to debate anymore because you right. can't, you can't, you can't talk about the content of someone's discuss this isn't the content of what they're saying versus their character. Right. And I think that's, that's the big problem. Everything's character oriented. So if you look at the characters of all politicians, they're kind of all flawed in some way. And that's because they're human. They're right. all flawed because they're human. But when it gets down to the accountability aspect of it, when you're going, okay, yeah, we're all human, but we don't all embezzle. We're all human. We don't all hide money. We're all human. We don't all make backdoor deals with, you know, uh, stock markets and things like that. So right. when that stuff happens, you go, okay, I, I really don't trust it, but I need, we need somebody in, in there to lead. And I, I heard this on Rogan. I'm, I'm curious what you think about this. Cause Rogan was talking about <clears throat> what, what a president should be. What a president. I thought this was really interesting. And he said, a president should be somebody who's, who's done so good in their own life so good in their own city, so good in their own county, so good. Like everybody wants them to lead and do something. Like, man, you should run for president. You should do something like for a president. You should, you should do this. And the guy doesn't want to. Right. The guy doesn't want to. He's like, I don't, I'm not a politician. I'm not a politician. We want that guy. That's the guy we want to. And, and then everyone yells, well, that's Donald Trump. I'm like, no, dude, go way back. Yeah. He's wanted to be president since the 80s. Right. You know, one day I might run for president. One day I might, one day I will. You know, the, the same right. thing. You know, so you, you see that continually. So, it's got to be outside that spectrum to where I, I wonder if we're ever, because politics are just, see, I'm, I'm of the opinion it's up in the air. It may never fall down again. Mm -hmm. And so as, as of, as of late, I'm looking at it and going, you know, are we ever going to get that, that, that guy or that gal that goes, you know, you know, I'm here literally for the people. I want to represent the people. It doesn't matter, you know, about all these, all the two party system and everything else like and all the politics wrapped up in it because Trump was part of part of supposed to be that, 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 that hope at that point, you know, that hope that we went and you know, Obama was for people and everything else like that. But right. it still played out. It still played out for the parties. It still played out. And you saw things like that. I said, is there ever going to be, and I just thought to myself one time, is there ever going to be somebody who can be non-party oriented 
and people-oriented that makes decisions of what the American people want so that we can actually get on track to where we want to go as a country versus, you know, this demonizing of other part. Do you think that's ever going to happen? I don't know, man. I mean, do you remember a movie, um, I don't know if it was in the 90s or the 2000s, called Dave? Oh, yeah. Kevin Klein? Yeah, I remember that. Like, that movie, if you watched it now, if you released that movie now, people would be like, oh, wow, okay, we need that guy, you know? Because it was the the politician that was kind of an a-hole, but he died, and they brought the guy that looked like him, and he brought his friends, and they fixed everything. Right. That's what we need. Right. It's fiction, but... That'd be great, you that's know. Sigourney like, Weaver in there, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Why that's can't right. we get that? Why won't that happen? Yeah, you know, it just it's. I don't know, man. I just think the system's so bogged down in a two party system, and I think it's broken. And I think that the next couple generations are going to either dismantle that and fix it, or we're it, like I said, it's going to be up in the air. It's always going to be um, a game of who's who's got the most money and who's right this time. Do you think that politics are so broken that it's 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 damn near impossible to find an honest person uncorrupted by the political game. I don't think those people get far enough in politics. That's my question though. That, that's you just, because like you said, character assassination is a thing. It's absolutely a thing. And it's never been more prevalent now than anytime because of social media. Uh-huh. You look at, you know, Hollywood's big about this, the <clears throat> James Gunn thing. Yeah. James Gunn said something 10 years ago in a tweet oh, yeah. that they bring up and like character assassinate him. So he gets like, he right. gets fired from Guardians of the Galaxy and then right. comes back and said, that was a joke. You know, what happened with Elon Musk? Elon Musk bought Twitter and then <laughs> I saw this on, uh, on the uh, Daily Show. Yeah. He's like, okay, you know, speech is free again let's have some fun and then a bunch of people changed their usernames to elon musk and did a bunch of crazy stuff yeah and he's like oh no we can't do that we can't do that but how i bet you five six years from now someone's going to come back when elon does something great and go well five years ago he did this post what even hit him was someone that changed their name to him and when that story comes out and it becomes a thing they're not going to even retract it it's just going to go away right 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 well it's the news cycle is weird because it's something big happens and drops and then it's it's done. Yeah. It's gone. And I anytime, mean, you like again. you said, anytime anything's controversial, something else happens, whether right. it be a storm or somebody does something over here and they shift the narrative away from the thing that's controversial. What do you think are, if you're going to break America into three sections of most important things on people's minds today, okay, when it comes to politics, what are the three main issues that you think are really big for people? Across party lines, go. Yikes, um, American family. I think is okay. Big. The you family. Know, okay. I think family became big when COVID happened because we saw oh, okay. the family dynamic change. People were forced to be back home. People were forced to either engage in their family and move the right direction or not. So I think the American family and how that's treated politically is going to be important. Okay. That's one. And I think that's directly correlated to education reform, which I think is something that we really haven't hit as a topic. Looking at the fact that we've had to do so much debt relief, I mean, it just tells you that we're privatizing education too much and we need to probably pull that back. Okay. Um, That's something I think is a hot button for me. Okay. Drug reform is a big one. Okay. Um, We keep skirting around the whole legalizing marijuana thing and all all these different things. I think we need to just settle that and be done with it. You know, okay. and, and what are we going to legalize? What are we going to allow? Making sure that the infrastructure is in place for addiction and everything that goes along with it, because sure. that's going to happen. Absolutely. You know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm a big believer in the fact that they want to uh, legalize marijuana so they can just make sure that we're all, you know, sated cows, you know, that really? allow them to do, you know, hey, everybody's high. They're not going to care what we do as a government, you know? Wow. Okay. I've never heard that before. Think about okay. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and then immigration is a big one. Okay. You know? Yeah. 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 So, those, are, those are all big topics, man. I mean, think about the immigration as the topic, you know, bring us your 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 tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Is mm-hmm. that still even relevant to mm-hmm. today, given right. the immigration situation we have where governors are dropping off, you know, people in, in cities mm-hmm. and pissing people off? And, you know, mm-hmm. I think those are big hot topics that we're really not addressing. They kind of get skirted. They come up a little bit and then they get pushed under when something else happens. So let me hit, let me, let me hit, let me hit you on the immigration thing and ask you what you think about this. Do you think there has to be a legal... A, 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 an easier legal way that people come to our country versus just crossing the border. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I I mean, how 
it's not hard, right? Yeah. yeah. You want to be a legal citizen, join the military. Right. Be, right. Do your part. Right. Put four years in. Hey, now you're a citizen. Right. That's right. not hard. You know, it helps military. It helps everything. It mm-hmm. shows that you have a commitment to this country. You know, that's not that's not hard. Now, what's the military going to do? They're going to put those guys in the front line because, you know, they're not people to them, maybe. But, mm. you know, I think that's a solution or part of a solution, maybe. Okay. Who knows? Okay. Okay. So so it's it's interesting. That, so let me push back on the education thing. This, yeah. this is interesting. So uh, I'm a big believer in privatizing education and the government ah. staying on education. Uh, I really am. Because what we see happen with that is that you have agendas happening in ed- education. You know, you have different agendas and... I'm not saying that. So ed- education was privatized prior, probably until uh, the 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. Um, it's really interesting to see how publication came, uh, that public education came about. It was through the church. It was through Martin Luther. Martin Luther was the very first public educator, if you would. So before that, it was institutionalized and everything. That now it's institutionalized again. You know, um, so the the amount of score scoring and everything that happens in, in the privatized education realm versus the public education realm is vastly different. We know that. It's just statistics. They don't lie. Um, if you privatized education, um, you might be able to have certain classes such as econ- economics with actual things you need to know about economics, like right. how to write a check, what it looks like to invest, what it means to get credit, what it means to you know, get a car loan, a house loan, things like that, things that people need to know about beforehand. But uh, you know, then then people say, well, you're just a conspiracy theorist because you think the government's buying up all the homes, and they tend to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, so and not only that, but like we have foreign investors coming and buying homes, so they want nobody nobody able to own their own property. This is this is the conspiracy I hear. Nobody no nobody want nobody can own their own property, and you have to rent from the government eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, and they subsidize everything, so that's more control. Right. So I'm a big proponent of no government control. Like I'm minimal government control. Like I'm 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 good with streets and defense. What do you think about infrastructure? How's our infrastructure? Well, yeah, infrastructure too. Yeah, that's yeah. streets. That would that fall under streets for sure. Right. Yeah. Um. So I I do believe in infrastructure. Do you think that uh, politically speaking, uh, the Green New Deal thing is a plus or a minus for our culture? Not ready, 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 ready. Today. I think it's a minus. How so? Because you're you're trying to, we we were built on oil. We're built on on the way things are. You know, we've got all these companies that that. Okay, there's there's so many backwards ways and and ways to look at this. You know, like with Biden trying to, you know, get rid of the big oil and push for elect for electric and everything. And then, well, what happens? You always see those memes about like, well, I got to charge my car and the power's out, so I got to use a generator with gas. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's all it's all very strange. I get some of it. I think electric cars are a joke. I think it's, you know. Because it takes so much oil to make the, the car? Yeah, it does. Right, yeah. yeah. I think it's a giant joke. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I, I think the Green Initiative is way down the road before it's going to make sense. And mm-hmm. I think we're pushing too much for it now when there's other things we need to fix first. Well, 150,000 people lost their job when you closed down the American or the Alaskan pipeline. Right. So did you see that tweet by, uh, went from, for the, uh, from the American pipeline or the Alaskan pipeline workers. Mm. So when, when, uh, when that was closed down by Biden, Twitter, the Twitter, uh, associates and executives said, Hey, uh, pipeline workers just get a new job. And so once they were fired by Elon Musk, they said, hey, Twitter executive, just find a new job, you know, right, <laughs> that, yeah. that type thing. So uh, you can see the divide happening more and more in that. And I, I definitely, I, I tend to agree with you in the sense that you're right, that there needs to be a slighter way that we do it versus so it's a dramatic way of doing it. When you're saying you're going to try outlaw uh, combustion engines by, you know, 2030, that's impossible. Right. Because the government doesn't play, play by its own rules. Do you think we're going to have an electric engine and what carts the president around? No. No, absolutely not. Yeah, because they're not nearly as reliable, okay, as a combustion engine, you know. And so as a, as a, re, as a result of that, I mean, not to mention all the problems that, you know, the, the, that electric cars have. I mean, and, and the, the joke, I mean, let me, let's, let's, let's get real on it. The joke that is the range of electric vehicles. It is it is an absolute travesty of a joke. So you bring out this new Ford Lightning, okay? And Ford's like, we're going to be, you know, environmentally friendly. They're 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 business people. They're playing on they're playing on your feelings, guys. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. All you guys who are you know that you know, save the earth people, they just want to they want to play on your feelings. And so they're saying two hundred and fifty mile range for that. That's when you're not hauling something. 
Right. That's when you're not, when you're hauling something, it's 80 miles, you know, so or anything, you know, you put more people in the car, it's less mileage, you know, things like that. And now it's, it's mildly affected with combustion engines, the way combustion engines work, they can, they can vacillate slightly on their mileage, but it's not as dramatic when it comes to electric cars, you know, if you would. So um, electric cars work in other parts of the world because they have the infrastructure that, allows you to have a bullet train to go from point A to point B. Not everybody needs a car. You got guys in scooters and bikes and everything else like that. Americans love having a vehicle. They love that independence of being able to go from point A to point B when they want to do it, not having to worry about bus schedules or train schedules. And that's the problem with the infrastructure and the problem with trying to green up everything. It doesn't work in America. It could work other places. Those cars can sell over in the UK and do great. Because they're not going 250 miles. They're going 80 miles. They're going 40 miles. They're not driving their car everywhere. But for us, you know, we don't have the infrastructure built with mass transit that we need to have. And that's not something anybody's focusing on. Okay. 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 There's there's a, a bigger problem that I see mm-hmm. that um, this this isn't an easy answer. You know, it's it's going to take sacrifice on both sides to accomplish that. So if you're you're big into oil and fossil fuels... You have to recognize that if we're going to have a better world later on, that there has to be give and take on that in the same right on the Green New Deal. You just there has to be that. And so uh, but the, but the Green New, Green New Deal seems to have, you know, absolutely um, taken over certain people's minds to like, hey, you've heard that before where it's like, hey, we won't be around in 2022. Well, we're cusping on we're on the cusp of 2023 won't be back back you know in 2005 2010 we're not going to make it 2012 we're not going to make it we still made it that's because that's because climate climate cycles are cyclical we know that for sure that's just science and and uh so i, I think it's it, it's important but i i that's one of the one of the other questions i i would have pretty kind of what you said you said the family mm-hmm. you think is is a big issue for people mm-hmm. why do you think see i don't think i don't think the government wants family I think they want people individualized, and uh, I don't think they want family. They want. I, I think. I think certain certain people in the government do, but I don't think they. I don't. I don't they'll never come out and say we don't want family. You know. But right. our culture's been drifting away from nuclear family in, for the last you know thirty years for sure. You know, we see more and more shows that have to do with like uh, non nuclear families where where friends become family. If you were, right. you know, you might right. the friends, the, the sitcom friends, Seinfeld, all these things, they didn't evolve around the nuclear family as like the Brady Bunch and other people did back, back in the day. You know, now it, it tend to tool me on Taylor and everything else like that. That all went away to give way to this new wave of like, you know, friends are, are really your family, you know, make it, make it your friends and, and everything else like that. Uh, why do you think that is? When you talk about family, you have to talk about religion, right? Yeah, you do. Let's go into my favorite topic, brother. Let's go. <laughs> we were to talk about politics. Let's talk yeah, about religion real quick. Go, let's get into it. Okay. Yeah. So they, I mean, religion in general uh-huh. um, is built around family. Nuclear you know, family. Yeah. yeah, nuclear yeah, family. Yeah. And I think that is a big part of it. I think religion's been pushed down so much in America. I think it, there's a part of it that's getting pushed back up. There's a lot of uh, resistance on that. Mm-hmm. But you always see stories about you know, church is stealing money and bad things happening with the uh, child pedophilia and all these other things that are mm-hmm. going on that I sure. think um, sure. yeah. that's part of the breakup of the American family because right. religion's been so demonized for you know, Correct. lack of a better term. Correct. Yeah. What do you think about that? <sighs> I think, I think because we're so much more connected and because there's so much more social media and the internet and everything else like that, we see so much more information. So that stuff was happening back in the day. We just didn't hear about it or see it. Right. And it wasn't readily. And people like rape victims and so on and so forth were never as readily available to come out and say something and so on and so forth. And were never encouraged by society necessarily in the way that we are today. Right. Um, yeah. The, the, there's always been, I mean, the, 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 the church in general. So I'll, I'll go Protestant and Catholic on this because I'm Protestant. But um, being corrupt, I mean, it's run by, it's run by men that are human beings so there's going to be a certain amount of stuff you deal with you know to the veracity that we've seen Mm. uh, i think it's shocking for everybody i just think because it's more popular now and if you want to if you want (laughs) it's it's easy if you want to if you want to destroy a society you take god out of it you know you just do that's that's an equation so if if, because a lot of our you know judeo-christian values come from the bible and what have you um and our our country was founded on that whether you believe it or not it just was 
Um, and no, that doesn't mean that I believe in the massacre of the Indians or anything else like that was good. No, no, I'm not saying that whatsoever. Um, or that slavery was good or anything else like that. So, uh, by nature, it was people who were church people that put an end to that and did certain things like that. Just so everybody understands that, um, the, the true history of, of what happened. So, um, but I, I think that's one of those things that when, when it comes down to it, you're probably, you're probably spot on right with, you know, that you do see the the, degre- the the pushing down of the American family uh, as something that well, people, we, we see in their stats. I mean, people are waiting until in their 30s to get married. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even later to have kids. People are having kids when they're like 40, right. you know, now, which it's, it's, it's not healthy for a woman's body, you know, after 40. Right. Because she's almost premenopause at that point. So m- many more complications, you know, in that. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of things. I mean... I get super political on it, and I think people are. This is where people are going. I'm going to lose most people when I say this. Uh, where's Planned Parenthood at most? Mm. What part? What part of the country is Planned Parenthood in? Mm. Is it in the suburbs or is it in the city? Yeah, yeah, it's in the city. What is the number one demographic that Planned Parenthood aborts? Right, young African American babies. Right, it's it's black it's black genocide. Yeah, it is. It really is. So when. When when that when you when you have a society that's okay with that, that's one of those things that you have major issues, and that's why you see so many African Americans coming out conservative now because they're going, this is this is genocide in our own people. This is this is outlandish. I can't believe this, you know. And uh, so, but they they did it. The, I mean, if you if you just go and look at it statistically, it's one of the most amazing um, frauds in all of. American government that we subsidize single moms so the dads don't have to take responsibility and the more children they have, the government subsidizes them, you know, and by the way, this is where I think the church has one of the biggest failures because I think the church should be helping out the single moms. Right. You know, I know our church does and other people, other churches do. I'm not, I'm not crushing everyone's church at that point. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but uh, that's what the church was supposed to be in society is somebody who helps the, the, the widow and the orphan are the two things in the Bible that are paramount that the church helps, you know, right. if you would. So the downtrodden and everything else like that. So, uh, and I think that's one of the things in society when people see rich, wealthy, you know, churches, they're like, what in the world, man? Aren't you guys helping the homeless? What about the poor? What about people? What about single moms and everything like that? And it, it, what's fascinating is those, those churches who are mega churches or what have you, they, they do have a program for that, but it's a program that's not a main thing, if you would. So um, I think that's where society gets a little frustrated and, and angry. And But society itself is really, really, really hypocritical. I yeah. mean, they, they'll say like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you, not? what are you doing? Exactly. Well, yeah. that's, that's, your, that's your job. It's your job. You know, that, that guy, what are you doing, dude? What, how are you helping people? Who are you giving money to? And so on and so forth. What are you doing to support things? Well, I, I do this. Well, you know, you can, you can give for the environment and everything else like that, but what are you doing to help your neighbor now? You know, right. and I'm much more concerned about my neighbor's well-being than I am about their papers, to be quite honest with you. I just really am. So that doesn't make me a, a, a pro, bring everybody across the border, not have any kind of check-ins or anything like that. But when it comes down, when you devalue people, then you have an absolute tyranny that can happen. Right. And I don't want to see people devalued regardless of where they came from or who they are. You know, because I, I believe intrinsically that God has made people in his image. And so as a result, everybody has intrinsic value and worth. How close are you with your neighbors? Pretty close. Yeah, yeah they know me. Yeah, I know them. That's pretty rare, yeah, though. It is. Think in Phoenix that. in particular. Yeah, in Phoenix in particular. So I know my, so I, I've met my neighbor. He just moved in. My neighbor to the right. My, my neighborhood's very new in the sense that I think 10 to 12 houses were bought in the last year, if you would. The big spike of where everyone was buying houses and Phoenix was a real hot market. Um, so my neighbors across the street, one of the first things they did is they came over, brought whiskey and a, like a, a gift basket. I thought they were from the Midwest when I met them because they were so nice and cordial. That's just, that's the Midwest thing to do. Here's some cookies, here's a pie, you know, kind of thing. And uh, they're, they're Phoenicians. They're born and raised Phoenician. And so uh, our, first off, I have to answer it this way. First, I definitely, without being arrogant about it, I know I'm a, a unique individual. Like I'm, I'm extroverted. I like people. I'll bring, bring, bring parties over and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll gather the neighbors if you would. So we'll, we'll have fires out there and bring people from the neighborhood and smoke cigars, drink whiskey and catch up with the neighbors and stuff like that once in a while. So, uh, but it's not like it was every Friday in the Midwest. It's not like it was every football day, you know, in the Midwest and things like that. So, but in Phoenix in particular, you're not going to be very close with your neighbors on the West coast in particular. I mean, you, it's rare that you know him. So I know my neighbor to the, to the right, he just moved in neighbor to the left, uh, been there for, for forever in the neighborhood. I know her very, very well. 
and then neighbors across the street know them. People up the street know them pretty well. If something came down, like really tragic, I think I think it would not be unheard of for me to knock on a door and say, uh, "How can I help?" I'm a former pastor. You know, I can I can I can help out or something like that. What can I pray for? What can I do? Something. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid to do that because I think they they see me and they know who I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but and and how well do you know your neighbors? Not very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Texas. In Texas. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, because it it just I feel like I don't know like the seventies like you had those block parties everybody knew everybody you all hung out you know in the past twenty years maybe thirty years I guess I've been in this neighborhood for seventeen years. Oh wow! When I first moved there, I knew my neighbors. Mm-hmm. Over time, they've moved, they've changed, move people moved in. Um, there's just I don't know. It's like it's almost like there's not systems in place anymore for you to be social because mm-hmm. we're all attached to this now you know everybody's right. got their phones and they right. kind of live in that digital world and right i think that's a big part of the breakdown of the american family as well is that we oh all, yeah we're oh, all yeah. hooked on that you know we're all hooked on our phones we're all hooked can, on the internet we're all hooked on social media can i tell you my biggest prayer for america and it's going to blow your mind for the world actually is that the internet and phones go completely away and we actually have to look at each other talk learn visual cues, learn how to learn body language, learn all that again. Uh, because that's, there's an endearing quality about somebody that can read that and that can learn about people and know people and be able to be sensitive to people and so on and so forth versus looking at their phone at a dinner table with mom and dad. Right. You know, so when we're at, we're at when we have dinner, you know, family dinners at, at my house, phones are put away, Same. phones are turned upside down. You know, right. we want to engage with each other. And so on and so forth, but that that is rare. That yeah. I know it's rare, you know. So I, I know it's a it's a privileged thing we definitely have. That, um, but it's a it's also a, a parental dis- discipline thing I do. Our phones are away. Let's go. And and because I'm a social media guy for my business, I'm always on the phone, you know, as well. I'm doing the same thing and stuff like that. So I, I guess that would bring me to my last question on this. Uh, we're the most disconnected generation we've ever been. And we're the most connected generation we've ever been. Two mm-hmm. sides of the same coin. Right. So we, we're all looking for connection. <clears throat> and we're, we're disconnected face-to-face, but we're connected on social media. Mm-hmm. So, so you're presenting something on social media that's not the true you. Right. If you would, unless you do video and so on and so forth. It's hard to hide yourself on video. It's easy to manipulate pictures and things like that. Right. Um, so what... What positive and what negative do you think social media has played into the political landscape of today? Positive, there's more information out there. Negative, there's too much information out there. <laughs> right. There's and, more information out there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that, that's really it. And, I, and here's the thing, though, is like when you talk about being people being connected and disconnected, the difference is nowadays you can easily be connected to like-minded people and you don't have to worry about everybody else. So you're, you're yeah. narrowing your field. Whereas when phones didn't exist and when the internet didn't exist, yeah. you had to be around those people that you maybe didn't agree with. Right. And right. you had to deal with that on a social level. And I yeah. think there's a big disconnect with this generation of, you know, I can't tell you how many people I know, kids, friends of my daughters that have no social they, they can't socialize. Yeah. They they're so attached to this, they're so attached to their Xbox. That's how they socialize. They socialize digitally. They don't have to face-to-face socialize. And I think we've lost that. Mm-hmm. And I think with that, we've lost part of America and part of the American family. Mm. You know? Okay. okay. We, I do the same thing. I No phones at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. We don't have the television on. When I grew up as a kid, we had the television on. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't have VCRs. You didn't have a way to record it. That yeah. game was on. You're going to watch that game. Right. Now everything is so fractionalized and, and so, you know, streaming and everything. So we don't have to have the TV on now. We can watch that later as a family. Mm-hmm. We're going to put some music on. We're going to have a nice dinner. We're going to have a conversation. But not everybody does that. All right. Final, final thoughts. My final, final thought. Okay. Because I want to get to what you think. Give me your thoughts on Trump. Trump. Yeah, give me your thoughts on Trump. Let's let's see what you think about this. I I again vote for the policies, not the man. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we Trump. About that, I think yeah. Trump had a lot of good policies, a lot of good yeah. ideas, a lot of good I, people around him, a lot of good people yeah, around a lot him. Of people around him. I I think he has value <clears throat> to the American system. I think he still should be involved in at least uh, some way as you know someone that gives advice. Someone you know, give him something where he can help with certain things. He's 
absolutely not the face of the nation. You know, <laughs> you don't want everybody. Everybody else sees him and goes, "Oh my God, America's a joke." You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think that's a big part of it. I think he has a lot of good ideas. I think he's got a lot of good strategies for fixing things. That because of who he is, they people resisted it. Strong personality, man. Strong yeah. personality. The Very guy, strong personality. The guy is, you know. Doesn't apologize to anybody. When asked about if he re- if he asked God for forgiveness, he's like, I don't see it that way. I'm like, who says that? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> who yeah. says that? I was like, what? You, you shut up. I, I love uh, the idea of bringing manufacturing back to America. That of was the big one for me. I was like, that's yeah. brilliant. We need that. Oh, you know? absolutely, absolutely. And that I don't think is ever going to happen. You know? Yeah. So. Well, everything's so outsourced now, and it's so cheap, so much cheaper to do it somewhere else that you're kind of. You know, and Americans are anything but you know expensive. They're they're always the, what, what's the best value. I mean, we right. we talk about that all the time. So, what's the best value for our buck? And it, people say I can make it cheaper over here, and so on and so forth. If we did that somehow here and and gave some kind of subsidization for Ameri- for for companies coming back, which they do sometimes, but it's got to be significantly more. Right. Uh, then we can get our cost of manufacturing here so much down. So, a cigar world in Nicaragua mm-hmm. versus in Miami. Right. What's the cost differentiation? Yeah. Ten bucks usually. Right. Ten bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it just is. You know. So it's a big difference. You know, in that regard. So, um, yeah. So, well, guys, this has been one of the most enlightening podcasts. Hopefully, you guys have listened to it in a long time from Zeal Cigars or from Cut Light and Smoke Podcast, presented by ZealCigars.com. And uh, I'm super super excited to have Brandon on here. We've had uh, we've been up and down all day. Customers coming in and. Brandon's been helping me hobble around the shop and everything like that. Uh, if there's anything on here you guys want clarification on, you have questions on, or you just think we're just nut jobs on, go ahead <laughs> and uh, send, send me an email at cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. That's cutlightsmokepodcast, all one word, no and in there, cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. And again, I want to thank my guest, Brandon Luna, for coming in and absolutely rocking the podcast today you did such a great job so thank you sir thank you sir and uh, again check out mccall cigars and they are on zealcigars.com and with that said guys we are out of here like last year peace <laughs>